See, that's why I love being inside the Informa building. <laughs> them them meetings, like, oh, man. it really feels like you 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 right there in the thick of the thing. People making content and shit just all around. Everywhere. Right. Everywhere. Surrounding us. Especially during the daytime, like, when you're in here, when the Informer is going on. I don't know if y'all watched any of those, like, newsmen movies from back in the day. Like, the, right, like the Anchorman and yeah. all that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. The, well, the serious Anchormans, right? Uh, but yeah, it's so interesting to see like a publication moving around, people debating and yelling and screaming at each other. Deadlines! I got deadlines! It's a right. thing, man. So dramatic. And you know I'm with the drama. Right. <laughs> I'm I with the shits. I know this is this is a totally different vibe for um, us being at the line. Right. Yeah, that was random white people relaxing. pulling up with suitcases and shit just looking at us like animals in cages and shit. That's what it felt like. Yeah, right? a little Because of the glass. A little yeah. bit. Clear cages. Because of the glass, yeah, but uh, you know. I'm sure they were looking at Matt and them a little interesting too. Possibly, they always had like Fat Man Key coming through and yeah, the lights that they had and all that stuff. It was almost Cutiful. for from their eyes, it would be almost a spectacle. Yeah, y'all had cute. Wait, no, I'm saying at the line in oh, general. Beautiful was there. Factory had uh, no. They actually interviewed him. I think they interviewed him in yeah, DC, or maybe it might have been like uh, Austin for South by Southwest. Mm. Either way, shout out to the Factory. Shout out to the factory. Them boys is working. Trying to get them on, man. Trying hey. to sign them up. Trying to get my ditty on. I feel that. Hey, um, and y'all niggas hungry? I feel like a, a vibe for pizza right now. Oh, <laughs> pizza? <laughs> a nigga wants some pizza right now. What kind of pizza you want? What kind of pizza you want? I, I don't know. I, I, I got different, you know, depending on the day. Mm-hmm. Depending on the mood. You know, depending on the mood, I, I prefer different. Mm-hmm. Um Manufacturers or, or <laughs> of pizza producers, producers, of the pie. producers of the pie. Got producers you, got you. Um, y'all fuck with Papa John's? Uh, kind of. I mean, they have you know. better ingredients, so to speak. Better, better ingredients, better pizza. I haven't. I mean, I kind of, I kind of fell off the Papa John's uh, wagon when they found out they were the official sponsor for the Trump party. Ah, uh, yeah, that's he, right. Papa Papa John himself was uh, all types of ignorant. Right. What did he What did he do? And he went down know. fighting. Yeah, he. I uh, I think he dropped like the N word in a in a oh, he conference did. call. Oh, call. That's what it was. Yeah. And, and because of he, that, now Shaq owns his piece of the pie. Right. <laughs> owns his piece of the pie. Interestingly enough, go ahead, man. <laughs> we just hit the Twitter streets. Uh, Papa John has himself has resurfaced. Really? What? And is back, and he says he's better. Better than ever. And in fact, uh, let's let's roll a clip. Take me back to a few years ago when you start to see these headlines coming out and smearing your good name. How did you well, I think I remember this seeing these headlines? Um, state of shock. Um, unbelievable. Um, I couldn't understand it. I, I mean, again, you have a public board that paints its chairman, uh, complicit, passive, or active. They paint the founder as a racist they know he's not a racist it's just unbelievable and i used to lay in bed just going how did they do this and we've had three goals for the last 20 months to get rid of this uh, n-word uh, in my uh, vocabulary and dictionary and everything else uh, because it's just not true figure out how they did this and get on with my life yeah, so pretty much wait, wait, to sum wait, wait, it up, uh, he said uh, <laughs> for the past 20 months, he's been really working hard to get rid of the word, the N-word, out of his vocabulary. <laughs> I don't know why I was in it in the first place. So this thing was just, it, it's just, it's just part of him. <laughs> hey, you know, in that regard, I don't know, it might take me 20 months to, to get nigga out of my vocabulary. How well. long would it take to get nigga out of my vocabulary? Okay, okay, okay. To, to Papa John's point, okay? He shouldn't be saying N-word. Absolutely right. But I was on a conference call yesterday. Uh-huh. <laughs> White girl was on the conference call with us. Now, it's you know, I only work for majority black companies. This right. is the one white girl in the company. Talking, talking my shit. Yeah, 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 I said, you know, niggas is tripping. What is, uh, consensus. Right. Yeah. But I Nigga look at consensus, her, yeah. I look at her. As soon as I say niggas is tripping... I look at her face and she's got the, because you know we on Zoom, she's got the, and I'm like, oh my God. Don't tell me I done offended the one white girl at the company with the N-word. I could have been Papa John. (laughs) 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 That could have been it, Top Top. Oh, man. Ain't that, you know, I wonder how scary it is. It's always scary to offend a white woman. It is. <laughs> the Karen. The Karen. But when so you in the other when you in a when you in a conference call full of other niggas, like I wonder <laughs> Does it hit the same? Does it hit the same? Yeah, that's 
that is that's hilarious. <laughs> about to die over here. I don't know. I don't know. I think she should be used to it though. I'm sure. Time to strap up. <laughs> Did she get hired before COVID? Like, I wonder if she ever yeah. pulled up to any of like the holiday parties and shit. She been to the holiday party. She brought a white man to the to the holiday. Niggas party. threw on Travis Porter and come on, started dog. going. You know. <laughs> come, Yikes! Come on, dog. Okay, but pop, how long would it take for me to purge the the nigga out of my system? Yeah, it'd definitely be more than twenty months. It might take more than twenty. <laughs> it might months. be more than twenty months. Time, time, I feel like you're doing like four or five. I feel like you say nigga much. Uh, what? Okay, my bad. That nigga just told me, nigga, what? Yeah, <laughs> yeah like, I, I say like, so much nigga. sometimes. <laughs> it's, it's actually, like, my girlfriend who doesn't say it. So when she says it, it's like, oh, shit, it's a point of emphasis. Like, that's almost like her saying my full name. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. When I hear that from her, she no, almost never says it. Well, with that, uh, we want to welcome y'all to the Over the Shoulder podcast. This is your chance to eavesdrop on three professional creatives as we discuss the sources, happenings, and inspirations from the creative industry, from film to production to music to culture. Join us each week as we push the envelope on the possibilities of the creative industries. Our host for this week, of course, is your main man, 200 grand, Bimo Brown. What's up, good people? How we hey. doing today? What's happening? In the flesh. Yes, your sir. boy, Backpack Matt. Oh, <laughs> oh man, timely with the with the audience. Yeah, Backpack Matt, Money Matt, all that. Oh, <laughs> oh, listen to him with the new just introduction. Advice. Just advice, nothing nice. You know? Just advice. <laughs> that boy, good. <laughs> Go ahead, pizza. And then you know slice. it's Thomas the Great, aka the facilitator. You know, I'm just out here facilitating last <laughs> per usual. You know, shout out Rick to Paul of the game. Yeah, right. <laughs> shout, shout, shout out, just shout out to Jay Money and Dreams of Triumph. Uh-huh. Almost broke the chair, Charles. Uh-huh. Those, those are two separate entities there, but you know, shout out to them. That's that's those are the homies. Oh, for sure, for sure. It's time for the word of, of the, the day. day. Word of the day. Today's word of the day is brought to you by Dictionary. Dot com or the dictionary app or whatever the fuck we're using. Today's word of the day is... Yeah, uh, let's load up the app. It's O. Shout out to Quavo. Did y'all see any of the All-Star Game festivities? Yeah. So that the open run thing was part of the, the, that? Like, it was all kind of confusing. I thought Bleacher Report was just doing that on their own. Wait, was that the celebrity joint? Yeah. That's a good... I probably was standalone because the NBA probably wasn't going to sanction or... Or officially sponsor having but I, what I did, additional non NBA niggas. What I did learn niggas. from that game is that little baby is trash. Yeah, I didn't even. I just saw clips. I just heard that nigga did a shot at a free throw and uh, just hit the backboard. <laughs> <laughs> that 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 shit is like it's one thing to bank. It's another thing to just hit the backboard. Like trash. Yeah. That that was so nigga, bad. You been dripping that too hard, it, it, brother. It, it, <laughs> that was so bad drip, that it, that too it much hits, drip on your chip, nigga. It, it, it hits the one like. That's so bad it was impressive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, how do you do that? Hey, man. Niggas uh, loyal to the streets, man. They ain't got no time to hoop. Right. I'm moving these bricks, baby. Right. You know, me- meanwhile, Quavo, nobody knew that Quavo was a full-blown athlete. Almost had oh, a scholarship. And, oh, yeah. No, no, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, but I'm saying in general. Like, that might do, might be one of the coldest ballers out there. And 2 changes is all of, like, 42, so... It was a little rough for him. Hey, you know, Tahid Epps uh, was that nigga at Alabama State, though. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So shout out to rappers who have... Uh, that can ball. You know, that can ball and just have other lives. You yeah. know, other shit going on besides just the, the music. <laughs> Them pi- the pictures back then, he doesn't have any braids. Right. Crazy. Crazy. What's, what's the word? The word of the day, speaking of Quavo, is honcho. Oh. <laughs> oh, wow. That's what the same That tied was. together perfectly. Honcho. Let's do it again. Okay, a honcho is a leader, especially an assertive leader. Mm. Would you describe yourself as a honcho? Yes. I'm, I'm a honcho <laughs> when necessary. Yeah, like... I don't just uh, try and take up that space all the time. A conditional honcho. Okay. Right, right. What about you? Yeah, I'd, I'd say somewhere in, in between. Yeah, like conditional. Assertive is the thing, like, you know, assertive is the... The tricky part. Yeah, I don't know. I definitely say it's tricky too. Like right. being assertive all the time can kind of come off its own type of way. Right. 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 So it's just like that's why I say when necessary. Like if I need to stand up for myself, I'm gonna stand up for myself. But right. Like, Question: Do you think we put too much emphasis on leadership? 
It's a great question. Like, if, if sometimes it feels it's subjective like, to me, though. When I'm when I'm when I'm sitting in the creative theory, some they asked me a question one time. They asked me if I wanted to lead this project, and I was like, at first, my thought was like, yes, because I want to seem important to the project, or I wanna I want to be vital to the project. It's ego, said, but yeah, but then I started to think, I'm like, I could, I don't have to be out front or manage the agenda to be a valuable part of, of the, the conversation, yeah. right? Oh. So, like, I, sometimes I feel like we put leadership at, like, the top point of success. Like, you're successful if you're a leader. But, nigga, you could be just a good role player. Role player. Right. Um, yeah. What do y'all just be a Just be a star on the team. Right. Play, you know. I, I agree, man. Um, I think this year, especially having this, being forced to sit down right. in some respects, has taught me to look back on, all right, yeah, there were times where I took on, you know, leadership opportunities for the sake of building the credentials, building up the resume, trying to, right. um, uh, you know, prove something to myself. But mm-hmm. speaking of this all-star shit, Steph just dropped, Steph Curry just dropped a, an amazing quote, right? Saw right. That. Yep. He said, I have a, a lot more to accomplish, but I have nothing le- else to prove. And... That boy, because... So if I, if, I, if I lead, it's got to be a more focused... Well thought out, like yeah, I have to lead in exactly. this. Exactly. You know what I mean. Otherwise, I have no problem. I really have no problem. You know, playing a more secondary or tertiary role. Right. These right. Days and it, and honestly, it frees up. You know, especially as creatives who dibble, uh, dibble and dabble in so many other different and creative endeavor, endeavors, and mm-hmm. you know, also trying to just make sure we get our money right and you know, mm-hmm. living our lives is is really easy to be consumed with having to do shit. For other people, that's what leaders All do. Good leaders eat last. You know they what do. I'm saying. So, um, for me to wrap it up, it's not so much about pride or ego driven shit anymore. It's like, yeah, I'll lead when called upon, or if I feel like if I'm appointed as such, or it just it naturally makes sense. But other than that, like I'm gonna fall back and just you know self care and, and all that shit, self perseverance. That's right. That's right. That's right. Um, and the, the the great thing about the great thing about leadership is that. You know, in terms of Chris Paul, like Chris Paul was an all star first. That nigga not scoring like 20, 30 points. No. You Devin could be Booker. a role player. You could be a role player scoring 35, 40. You know what I'm saying? You right. could be a role player with your triple doubles. It just depends on it depends on the the quality of success of the team, right? Right. So <clears throat> yeah, it is it is interesting that Hancho. Hancho. Yeah. I see a lot of niggas want to be the boss. Rick Ross the boss. You right. know what I'm saying? Right. I'm also separating myself from Rick Ross. Anything that Rick Ross does seems a little Extravagant? No, that nigga can't recognize talent. So, <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> those clips, man. those clips. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. You know, everybody has their run, and you don't have to be the the leader all the time. Right. You know what I'm saying? The honchos, I assume, typically are, are leaders for a long stretch of time. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? They cartel leaders, presidents, you know, senators. Yeah. You know, people who just outwear their welcome. Cartel you know. leaders and senators in the same sentence of leadership. Absolutely. That's appropriate. You got right. Welcome to over the shit. Absolutely. <laughs> right, right, right. But, you know, exactly. Ross, just to tie it back, Ross had, you know, Meek. Yeah. Yep. While he spotted Wale. Yep. Um, uh, his boys, um, Gunplay, you can, you can go down the entire list, you know, the features that he's had, but... You know, it doesn't mean that he's going to continue to have that same hot streak. And, right. and, and not everybody can be, you know, Jerry West. And even Jerry West fucked up, you know, on a couple of Was it one for ten of in the finals, right? Yeah, yeah, true. I'm saying as a GM, as oh, a leader. Yeah, true, true, yeah. true. Michael Jordan has missed many times. True, He's true. just now catching on after that long learning curve. And, you know, leaders don't, you know. Delegating. <laughs> leaders, like, you talk, go back to All-Star Game. Like, that was one of the first times in a while I saw uh, – both Chris Paul and Steph Curry dunked the ball. Right. You know, is selective. You don't have to always be flashy. You don't always have to leave with ego. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's two true. points is two points. You yeah, know what right. I mean? It's like, so. That's true. That's a good point, though. Yeah. That's a good point about, you know, idea. Um, we do have a new segment. This okay. week in creativity. Yes, indeed. Mm. I, wish, I wish I had a more creative way to get into that, but we're going to get we gonna get there eventually. It's got to cook. Yeah, I'm glad I showed up on time for this, man. This, this is dope. a good one. This <laughs> this is good to participate. Come on, dog. <laughs> All right, so the first thing up, I think, Tom, Tom, you had some good news coming from, from Nike. Break that down for us. Uh, well, well no, actually, not good news. Yeah, some definitely news. definitely not good news. Um, So apparently the, uh, the CEO – well, no, 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 CEO. My fault. The executive who runs the sneakers app, right – her son pretty much had a booming reselling business and um, was using her card to swipe for some of these some of these purchases. So that was that that was error number one. Now, hold on, and hold on. his mom is 
um, so I forget the the boys. I think his name is Justin Herbert, and her name is Ann. Right, but she's and, but she runs the 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 part of the app that's kind of over the most hyped. The sneakers app, right? Yeah, the sneakers yeah. app that kind of is giving away the the most hyped stuff. Yeah, she was and and he's catching licks off of it. It's not direct, but at the same token, it's like it's close enough that it's too close. Under the table, and uh, it's I think his father created the LLC. From what I read, I didn't read the whole article, and then like a couple weeks later, put it under his name. So it was like some real shady shit. Uh, it was a big expose article and something about a, a storage uh, container unit that was yeah. like he just happened to come up on a storage unit that had mad Yeezys or mad like Dunks or something wild like that, and it's just like, well, that's too co- too coincidental, and then. I suppose the most ignorant part is the fact that he did the interview in the first place, and it was saying that I swiped my mom's card. Any investigative reporter, uh, journalist with any sense could have found that information. Mm-hmm. That's what happened, and that's how his mom got fried. So okay, so I'm not in the stupid I f- game. I feel like it's almost the Full House situation all over again. The Full House situation, like you know, um, oh, the lady cheating to get the girl to school. Right. That's what it uh, feels. Lori Lawton. Like. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it feels like. Like. You, do do you feel do you, mm. I feel like you the sneaker head. I, I think it's worse. I, I just I think it's worse because Lori Laughlin or whatever her name was. She was. was she, when's the last time we seen her in anything? In any. His mom problem. was an active executive at of Nike. the company. Yeah. That's kind of so. Crazy. So in that regard, that part of it is worse. The, like from the sneakerhead point of view, um, I mean, I used to be heavy in it. I used to be waiting in line like others. I mean, I was smart enough to, you know, have a relationship with the store and right. eventually worked at said store. So, like, my struggle wasn't the same. But, um, you know, the game has got inflated and jaded and and, and, it, and many other words like that because, you know, Nike isn't kind of taking the same time, the same type of care and desire in, 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 in their designing. Right. And then, like, aside from that, like, everything, like we're saying, everything is inflated. So, like, something you could get for... 120 back then is now starting at 300 or something like that. So, I don't know. For me, like a, a very a minute ago, I just stopped trying to chase that and went became more practical. So I'll catch some vans here and there, or you know, if I see some vapor maxes for 100 instead of 200, I might pull the trigger type of thing. And I've been on that way for a nice little while. Um, my most recent purchase being some 574s, which okay. is a classic. New balance shoe, but everybody's chasing one, and I just went and got the other. That's that's so, how I've been okay. for a minute. So, is there anything that Nike can do to get back in your good graces? Because the sneakers that I mean, I'm, it was never out of my graces. It's just like I but don't. I feel like I, feel I don't. Like, I don't let it have the same. Uh, um, I don't let it have the same claim in my world. I suppose, like I, I don't. I don't take well, it as serious. Not, not you specifically. But okay. when I when I go on to when I see all these cool head. sneaker heads and these sneakers drop on Twitter and I see like people in mass seeming disappointed that they didn't get these situations. And then we find out that the vice president's son is using the vice president's money. And bots. Oh yeah. Bots are gonna be number one because can't nothing really be computers except inside men. Right. Right, you know what I mean, or inside woman in this example. So this, this, but this does. So even the the this this dude getting caught does not alleviate the whole situation about the whole reseller game. And, and even even him getting caught, like he was does, catching, a, asking, he was catching a know. he was catching Adidas too. So it's like, okay, you can shut off my Nike Connect, but I still got Adidas. I still can get this shit no matter what. I think there are a number of issues with the reseller game. I think this. Example is an anomaly, but also an abuse of power yeah. example. But more often than not, you see, like Tom Tom said, bots, um, you know, people programming to, um, you know. And then Supreme, same with the Supreme. Right. So, uh, people to um, using bots or computers to, you know, run code to, you know, which is faster than any human yeah. um, typing some shit or clicking a mouse and shit to actually acquire those shoes. Like, you'll, you'll see photos of, like, Tons and tons of iPhones kind of racked together in like um, different different countries and even in state stateside where they're that's exactly what they're doing. They're you know um, creating like this hive of of computers to make sure that they're first in line to get what they need and maybe get multiple um, pairs. Right. Um, and then the third issue is like you like you were alluding to, Tom Tom, like the resale market in general. 
the um, markup on these shoes out the gate. The shoe is comes crazy. out for eighty, and you sell it to me for two fifty at the store. So you you compound that. You got you know insider threat slash abuse of power. You got um, abuse of technology mm-hmm. to you know acquire you know shoes during these raffles. And then you got the uh, ridicu- ridiculously insane markup. It's just I, you know, I was never really into the big, you know, shoe game like that. But I'm like, nah, they could have it. Um, yeah, I read an article months ago about Telfar and how he was trying to innovate, um, taking in more of that revenue um, from, you know, customers. Right. And his strategy to do it was to, you know, normally it's like they only – uh, create or produce X amount of uh, inventory of, you know, whatever, bags, shoes, whatever, way in advance, like six months in advance. Mm-hmm. So the, the the amount is fixed. So once, you know, once it's sold, um, then the resale market is like, all right, you know, supply and demand. Since there's low supply or there's limited supply, we're going to jack up the price because right. demand is so high. But what if you could do a program where you start putting money down in advance that way, you already kind of have a reserved bag. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So you can capture more of that that revenue um, straight up That's instead true. of having people pay an exorbitant about exorbitant amount of money in the resale market for that same bag. And you're not seeing that, right? You know what I mean? Right. You're not seeing that. It's tough. You're not seeing that. That's actually brilliant. So yeah. You, so then you. Base, yeah, I love that he did. You that. base your yeah. inventory based on the payments that you right make. exactly cheap ass payment right. You yeah, at least guarantee a spot like yo okay. Cool. Like now that person really like knows they're getting the Telfar back. Right. Wow. It might take three to six months, but, but it was you're not get that shit. Right. You're now exactly. retaining the email of an actual valid customer. Right. So interesting. All right. Next thing in, in uh, creativity that uh, Matt and I, I think we both saw coming to America. Oh, Tom, yeah. Tom, have you seen it? No, I haven't. Why are you not watching movies, Tom? Tom, what's going on? You don't fuck with Zamunda. You don't fuck with fake fake African countries. That's what no, it is. I That's actually true. do. I just this weekend was a bit hectic for your boy, so I just didn't get to watch it. Fair enough. Fair enough. What you think, Matt? Uh, so that was a movie that I watched while I was in bed. I saw it in full, mm-hmm. but this was like, all right. Um, based on the trailer and some of the hype, I'm like, all right, this is not going to be in the same vein as the original coming it's to America. It's not possible, right? But once I accepted that, and it was, you know, since they're decades apart, it was like, okay, I can watch this without expecting to be blown away by the script, the acting. <laughs> and so I enjoyed it for what it was. Like, um, that's good. Some things it was like, oh, you know, nods from the past, like, you know, you know, um, uh, paying homage to a lot of stuff that was happening in the first film, mm-hmm. um, but in a modernized way. And I, you know, I know it was a Kenya Barris, who's one of the the scriptwriters and producers of yeah. it, so it has a little bit of that kind of feel to it. And it does. although I'm, that's not a, it's not necessarily my style of comedy, there were some parts in the movies where I chuckled, and I, I enjoyed watching it, understanding what it was, watching it unfold in a sense. Yes, yeah. I mean, it was pretty easy to telegraph where all that shit was going. Oh, okay. terms, <laughs> but <laughs> first scene, I was right. Like, oh, yeah, this is going. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm uh, not going to shit on it. I just like, all right, it's it's, and you got to think back to come to America, the original. It's like maybe that was for that time, tongue in cheek. A lot of tongue in cheek as well. I just think it was a little bit more well crafted. And did this go around? No, no, no. The previous yeah. version. Oh, okay, gotcha. Um. The, the first installment and you had a younger Arsenio Hall you had a younger Eddie Murphy you had a younger everybody. you know everybody yeah. so it was a lot more risque mm-hmm. in terms of what they were willing to put out in West comedy we talking about post 20 years post Dr. Doolittle Eddie Murphy you know what I'm saying so so okay alright that's one of the points I wanted to get to about coming to America one of the things that I I watched coming to America the second one and then I immediately put on the first one yeah because I was like, there is there is a difference here that I can't quite put my hand on, so let me try to see if I can find some comparisons. I think it, when it, when it one of the things that roots down is, first off, the first movie just looks better. Yes. Which is interesting that the older movie looks better than the newer movie. Probably a much lower budget, too, smaller budget. This, uh, the, this time? The first one. Oh, yeah, okay. So me and the lady, me and the lady were talking about this. Um, so when you watch the first one, you see, like, 
Debbie Allen did the choreography for all the dance moves. It was live instrumentation, like old Hollywood style for the soundtrack with the da 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 da. Y'all see the drum line, right? Right. Um, and then like the the costume design as well. Like this is the person who did the costume design would go on to win Oscars and Golden Globes for the costume design in other movies, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so let's say that budget was forty mil, and these are all younger people. Everybody's getting their start. Now here we are, twenty one. No, sorry, forty something years later. Yeah. The budget's gonna look a little different. Right. We're getting the same money, but like now instead of paying Eddie thirteen, now we gotta pay Eddie the all four. Right. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> so we don't have room for Debbie Allen. Right. We don't have room for the uh for the costume design. Um great point. And and it didn't hit theaters. And it know? didn't hit it went hit, straight to Amazon no no straight to HBO Max? It went to Prime. Prime, Amazon Prime. Prime. I was right, yeah. Okay. Um, and it's interesting to see that the money that they got from Prime, which I think is like 125 mil for distribution. Hmm. That's after they made the movie, so that has nothing to do with the the, the uh, actual movie. That exactly, was the making so, of the movie. Exactly, the making. It, had, it had been made before COVID, mm-hmm. damn near, mm-hmm. and so they had to pivot on that instead of going hitting the theaters. Okay, right. Um, but it felt like because this is twenty twenty one, there are things that you can't even joke about anymore. No, you can't. The the misogyny of of Zamunda from nineteen eighty eight can't even exist in parody. No. In 2021. No. And it feels like, and it, and it kind of sucks that I feel this way, but it's the truth. It feels like the coming to America 2 is apologizing, in a sense, for the first one. Oh, yeah. Uh, Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, like, it's kind of like, I want to, like, it's kind of like, I want to backtrack some of these things. And that reminds me of something that Eddie Murphy said. He said that when he watched Raw recently, he was like... Mm. Ooh. <laughs> oh, yeah, I watched Ooh. Raw recently. I right. Think, yeah. Um and Eddie Murphy, unlike Dave Chappelle, is is a comedian who is willing to apologize for the material that he's done in the past. So then now you see coming to America, the second one, and it's a little heavy handed, not gonna lie. Yeah. Just a, little, just a little extra salt because right. somebody's hands are shaking a little too much. Um so I mean, was the movie good? Absolutely not. <laughs> it was not good, yeah. but I'm still gonna praise it because I think um, That's what the movie critic in you says? The it's movie not critic, a good movie. I mean, it's not. It's, it's not, not a good, good movie. It's not a good film. It's not a good film. It's, it's an enjoyable of, movie. It, it's an improv movie, it. basically. Okay, it's an it. improv movie. They got all these comedians to come onto a set and uh, riff off an idea with a very loose script. You can tell. Uh, it reminds me of interesting enough that coming the original coming to America. I feel like is more like a a romance film with some comedy in it. This movie was trying to be a comedy movie. Mm-hmm. And it reminded me of those 80s comedy movies that were trying to be comedy movies. Yeah. They're like, oh, this shit's funny, but like, right. this is definitely not like, this is a It's good. falling flat. It's not, yeah, it doesn't, it lacks that edge, yeah. It's too tongue-in-cheek, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Not with the, the cleverness and, and shit like that. But, yeah. mm. I mean, um, just to wrap it up, you know, nothing to do with coming to America, but black films in general and local, locally based. I just watched uh, Charm City Kings on HBO Max. Max. Oh, the like about Baltimore, right? Yeah, it's based in Baltimore. Um, yeah, it's like bike biker culture and shit like that. Meek in that joint, right? Yeah, that's Mike. I, uh, I, I, I heard his. Yeah. yeah, I heard his accent is trash though. Yeah, he didn't really didn't even have a a Baltimore <laughs> accent, but you know, us being in the, right. the D.C. metropolitan area, I think it's a different dynamic when it comes to this area versus Baltimore as opposed to Baltimore, Philly. I think they're closer in... Way closer. ...culture and, and a lot of overlap with that. So okay, even with the bikes and shit, you know what I mean? It's huge. That's bike culture is huge in, in Philly and right. in, in Baltimore. It's 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 different here. There's, There's a bike culture, here. but... Yeah. Two of them. There's two gangs here. Yeah. <laughs> the one on the they south all, side and the one uptown. <laughs> they, <laughs> the niggas meet on, on the Wilson Bridge. That's it. <laughs> Back and forth. Um, they only got like one and, one four wheeler. One is like the yeah you know, right. say, one four wheeler. One four wheeler, a couple dirt bikes. The other the, the, the motorcycle gang is like heavier. They all just meet up yeah. at that Sunoco by the harbor. That's all they do. Just That's look, all they look do. over the city real quick on some Batman shit. <laughs> we out. We out. <laughs> but I, to Applebee's. Should I check out Charm City Gangs? Is it good? Is it it's good? A, watch? It's a great coming of age film. It's like gotcha, you know, gotcha. Um, yeah, like. Um, What's the shit? The um, Chicago-based show that goes on, comes on Showtime. Oh, the shy. The shy. It it gave me like a very cut the fat, condensed film version of that. Okay. Without some of the extra um, extra dressings and shit like right, that. Right, right, right. 
Um, y'all watch uh, WandaVision? This is just a quick question. Yeah, this is creativity no, of the week. Yes. Yeah, I haven't. Tom, Tom, man, we got to kick you out. Yo, what the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck, Tom, Tom? <laughs> <laughs> You got to put us on to some African films or some shit. What you, you got to put us on to some shit, What man. a Nollywood shit at, yeah, Tom, yeah, Tom? Yeah, yeah. God, I'm, 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 I'm going to work on it. I just haven't. I've been active. Y'all know I've been active. That's nah, dead ass, though. I am I am trying to look at some dope African films, though. So if you if you got dope, some recommendations. Yeah. I'll, I'll come with some very soon. Don't worry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Legit. But no, you had a point about WandaVision? Um... Uh, Maria Rambo, uh, who's played by Tiana Paris. Ooh, Paris. <laughs> love that. I'm in the. I'm in the house. I love that for me. <laughs> I'm in the house with the lady. We watching Wonder Woman, <laughs> right? And when she first came, when she first came in the show, like, oh, she pretty, whatever. Like she, you know, she cute. And this last episode, there's a there's the point where she take down a little white boy, mm-hmm. and she swing that leg over him, and I'm like, woo, girl. Hey, best best superhero <laughs> landing I've ever seen. <laughs> anyway, anyway, my point is. My point is, she's also in the Charm City Kings film. Oh yeah, yeah, she got some okay, range. I'm finna watch man. it. She got some range. I'm finna watch it. She she's in uh, if she Bill Street could talk. I've actually never seen that, but now I, I will. Yeah, I will. I will. Is she watch the that. is she the main character? Is she Tish in um mm, in what in uh, Bill Street could talk? No, she. I think she's like a sister or something like that. Okay, yeah. okay, but anyway, okay. shout out to her. Okay, for sure. And Tish was in Coming to America. She is was, that who they? She was the oldest daughter. The daughter. Okay. So the main the main um. Actress lead in, in If Bill Street Could Talk is the daughter, okay. the, the oldest daughter coming to America. I'll give that to coming to America. It put a lot of niggas on. Yeah. A lot of 40 plus niggas was on. Facts. Which I don't know if we see that. I don't know if we see that often in, in let's see, in the, in the resurgence of, not resurgence, in the surgence of black film, the, uh, the Billy Holidays versus America, the Black Judas versus, uh, and uh, wait, Judas and the Black Messiah. Uh, the one night in Miami. These are all like these are all relatively right. young cats yes. coming to America. No sir, no, no. average age times age fifty four. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Oh boy, every, <laughs> a lot of, lot of every tiger, show, a lot every of tiger show, bomb one, in the building. Shot. Every show, every show. Yeah, that's right. So I'm trying to bend gay and tiger bomb. Yeah, a lot of big <laughs> smell a little relief. Oh, <laughs> oh, 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 Minty and burning. <laughs> all right, we got two more hey, things. Uh, um, last question. I wonder if that was uh, filmed in a uh, Tyler Perry Studios. I think it was. I and wonder how I many black say, films. I want to say that the big ass house in it is definitely Rick Ross. It is. Yep. Word. And he had a okay. Yep. All right. Yep. And he had a, he had a small role in there. You're right. He had a somebody, nice cameo. Somebody sent me on the on the on the back ends of my um, attack of black Brits, which you're about to get here in a second. Okay. Yep. Somebody sent me it was like, oh, African Americans get all mad when black British people play. American people, but got no problem when we when we faking American African accents though. Uh, <laughs> well, they ain't got no roles. They ain't got no African roles. <laughs> no African. Uh, uh, Forrest Whitaker took all that shit. Nigga. <laughs> <laughs> hey, oh, but he was wow. firing that motherfucker. Didn't he get an Oscar yeah. for it? He sure did. There we go. Oh, sure did. Wow, that's a good one. There we go. Uh, uh, speaking of the Brits, though, y'all, y'all hey, following this? Time out. Time out. Can Idris, can Idris Elba get away with that? Because he's a black Brit who tried to do Mandela, oh. try to be an African. So maybe yeah, black Brits like, are better at doing. Uh, Americans, the American roles. <laughs> he was way better. And then he was in uh, Beast of No Nation. Beast of No Nation. That's right. Oh, yeah, I think he was. Uh, so he, he was. Good. Yeah, Beast he was of no but Nation. he's from yeah. Ghana, like Ghana and Nigeria or Ghana and Singapore. Well, I assume Gaul, that most so, like, black Brits. I assume most black Brits have a from very Africa. deep African or or uh, Caribbean Jamaican, heritage. Yeah, Jamaican or yeah. Caribbean. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. So be, be, before we skip the subject, and I almost forget, um, our man Chris Cardi has been on a few billboards recently. Shout out to shout through, out to Chris through our Sir Julian James work. Nice. So um, hey man, shout I mean, shout, shout out to the fam. Like Sir Julian James, amazing photographer, and just you know the fact that we're getting to see some of our own creatives on billboards, prominent in the city, is a beautiful thing. So Facts. shout out to Chris Cardi too. Like his big ass face right on RFK. As soon as I'm driving into the city, right with, with the with the trademark yeah. uh, handlebar uh, mustache. No, shout out to him. Make sure it's the district bloke, right? The district bloke, yeah. um, and then his brand is uh, Chris Cardi. Like, his his work is amazing. Yeah, he has really dope work. And just his social media presence and, and blogging is amazing, too. Like, if you pay attention to how he tells it, how he does his stories, and, and it's like, it's, he's very good at the storytelling aspect. Like, mm-hmm. you, every every slide, you feel like you're learning something. Yeah, that's nice. Excellence. That's nice. Congrats, oh, congrats to my man. It seems like, do y'all niggas want to talk about the princess or not? Because I didn't try to bring it yeah, up. Yeah, I was going to say, I was, my segue was uh, Tyler Perry, right? It's Tyler Perry Studios and oh, all the black films. Oh, that's what you were doing. But, I forgot uh, about that. No, nah, it was cool. I was, I was holding on to it. But uh, Go ahead, man. So, I, so just uh, full disclosure, I have not watched 
Right. The interview I, between Oprah and you know um, Megan and Harry. Mm-hmm. I, ca- I kind of caught like a little Twitter commentary. Yeah, I watched. So I, watched I, got, well, like, I read the, the Twitter commentary, the, mm-hmm. the quotes, the quotables. But um, apparently, at one point, uh, Tyler Perry provided security and housing and housing. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Who knew Tyler Perry was right. the we needed? I mean, the conversation <laughs> that the conversation that I had earlier today with someone was uh, like. It just goes to show that, like, with, with, with if you you can kind of include the Black Lives Matter movement into what I'm saying, but like that plus this princess stuff, and it's like, you know, back in the day, it always felt like you know that one uncle was a conspiracy theorist, and it's like maybe these conspiracy theories aren't so far fetched. Like, literally, Britain, you know, they're treating a light skinned woman who's it doesn't even have like a wild temperament. They're treating her like they treat everyone else. Yeah. And, you know, Britain, as we discussed on this show before, Britain kind of has that problem in their tabloids Mm -hmm. and just in their press altogether. Like, a black soccer player can buy his mom a house and they say he's wasting money. A white dude the same age, and they'll be like, ooh, look at how he's treating, beautifully he's treating his mother. And that's kind of the the messaging that you get in the treatment of Kate versus the treatment of Meghan. Mm -hmm. And Harry, you know, being that his mom passed the way that she did, it's like this is personal to him, so he's gonna take his family and protect them and go. So I don't know. It's just it's in, it's interesting, but it's also good to see like the adoration that he has for his woman and the, and he, that he actually wants to protect her and is is articulating that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's probably the dopest shit that ever happened to that nigga. Like I, I saw I saw yeah, yeah by a long mile. Like this nigga said in mo- well Harry said in multiple. Right. <laughs> <laughs> this nigga Harry. Right. Go ahead. This, this, <laughs> Harry said in multiple quotes tra- uh, the word trapped. Mm-hmm. And it, it feels to me like I know he served in the military over there like for for his whole life and probably a lot more so after the death of his mother. Like he right. felt trapped within that system, like being born into a certain environment, mm-hmm. you know. And having I mean? that rigid behavior. Right, and just having to perform, be performative and, you know, live publicly in certain st- to certain standards that you didn't get a chance to have any input on right and so he was probably dying waiting to get out that motherfucker from jump he just didn't see a way out and i'm not saying that megan provided a a way out but it it probably lit you know through some kerosene on that fire that was that little ember that was inside of him and was like nah fuck this man especially once you see the mistreatment and the way that the tabloids were doing her and and just inside the royal family and and all the politics within that too like yeah, I commend them. I commend them. Like, and 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 it's like they they already they own type of foul. Like I don't know how true it is, but like I don't know. Apparently, like there's two married cousins somewhere in there or some wild shit like that. Yeah, I mean, and that's it's just like royalty, y'all man. y'all royalty. over here talking about me and my little light skinned child. Like what what's what's the big deal here? And it's just like you're saying they. I think at one point when the child was born or something like that, they were like you said they withdrew the uh, security or they just weren't right. trying to protect them as much. And it's just like, and then in the trap part, I want to say there was a story where they took her passport, so she like literally actually was trapped at some point. Yeah. Whoa. So it's just like I mean, you you you're taking stuff from me. You you almost making me feel in in inhuman and. And you're telling me, like, I don't deserve to shout. I don't deserve to cry. I don't deserve to express any emotion. Like, what is that? Let's not, let's also, like, let's not act like this monarch has had any real control anyway. Like, you know, the UK is, this government ran. Yeah. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's an oligarchy, you know, almost. Like, it's not, it's not, um, it's not a monarch. So right. this is all performative anyway. It's just the royal family family is a way to preserve the ways of old and Yep. So they didn't have any real, in my opinion, power. I mean well, okay. One of the interesting quotes that I read from the situation is it turns out doesn't the UK like funds the crown. Right. But and they, do have, they have so power, like do in a in, in the in the sense that like people still Hail the queen! That right. type of power, right? Yeah, it's right? A, it's symbolism, but like, do Strong these niggas symbols. do these niggas sway the vote on anything? Do they get? Do they make decisions? Um, okay, I don't know. Right, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. And one of the illuminating parts of this conversation, um, especially as I've as I've been playfully playing with the idea of Black Brits versus Black Americas, the Itness versus the Bros, I've been 
I've just been playing with this idea, like, how unified are we? And then this morning when you see black British women dragging white British men on their news shows about the racism that exists in the UK and how Megan is just like the example, just like the tip of the iceberg, kind of how, like, almost Monique, Monique in a sense, how if they can do Megan dirty, imagine what they're doing to just regular old Mary, that that's the black girl on the street who's dark-skinned and who has black kids. Imagine what that experience is for her. Facts. Um, yeah. <clears throat> and just because I know I, we could talk about Monique, too, because, you know, but Clubhouse is a good segue for this. Like, I was <laughs> hearing a conversation. Um, I was on it. Uh, <laughs> before the Monique joint, it was just like black Brits versus... Uh, black Americans and kind of comparing struggles and who had it worse. And yes, um, you know, normally it's like, all right, in America we had to deal with colonialism, slavery, right, because they left um, the mainland to come. And so that was free labor and all that stuff. But it doesn't mean, even though the U.K. didn't have necessarily slavery, right. colonialism to, to that extent, it doesn't mean that some niggas, like, was still oppression. didn't have, yeah, didn't have uh, supremacy issues That's like, true. from the jump. That's true, and continue to have right. That's true. Such an interest, such an interesting uh, perspective. All right, I think is that is that everything we have in creativity? I mean, uh, do you want to talk about Monique? Because I feel like that is creativity. You know, I could talk about Monique all day, baby. Yeah, go I could talk about Monique all day. Okay, I, so. I, I listened to it at the beginning, but uh, I had uh, to bounce for a minute. I mean, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't even write this down as a thing to talk about. But Geronimo sent me, a, sent me. A, although I am on Clubhouse, I do not be on Clubhouse like that. I know. So he sent me, a, me he sent me a. Uh, he sent me a room, and it was the it was basically a, vindic- a vindication of Monique using data to support some of the claims that she had about um, Oprah and Tyler Perry and Netflix and the value of her career. <clears throat> and what I really appreciate, I hope somebody was recording that. I hope somebody actually puts that out into like some enjoyable content that people can listen to over and over again and investigate. But the thing that I enjoyed about it was uh, the host and the moderator of this particular clubhouse room came with the facts, man. It was facts. It was completely numbers. I love that. Quant- yeah, it was completely data driven, mm-hmm. like to the quantified. Yeah, quantified to the point that I, uh, one of the points was made. I think. Forgive me if I get the wrong the answers wrong, but the the estimated value of the Parkers right now is like one point six billion dollars. Yeah, the Parkers 1. is 7. one of the one point six one point seven million dollars. The Parkers is one of the most successful shows in syndication on television. <clears throat> Need a hundred episodes to be syndicated. Right, and so Monique, this is Monique's first role. I didn't even, I didn't even put that together. But after she had her, after she had owned her comedy club in Baltimore, she moved out to L.A. Her first role, not even auditioning, looking for a role, was the Parkers. Only time hmm. I, I probably can predate that was when she was on that Robert Townsend uh, comedy show mm-hmm. when they were. I forget. Was it Snaps? I don't. It might have been Snaps. Yeah, because like him, it was like her and Tracy, May, her sure, and Tracy, Tracy Morgan. Morgan. Yeah, yeah. snaps, and I don't think. Yeah, I think that was like a five episode right. run or something yeah. like that, right? Shout out to Robert might, Thompson, yeah. man. Robert Townsend, man. Um, I was thinking it's not Comedy Court. It was Snaps. I don't know if Robert Townsend did that, but shout out to that. Yeah. To that. Um. So yeah, turns out though, <clears throat> her Monique and uh, Countess Vaughn. Did Rest the, in peace. Yep. Did the Laverne and Shirley Law where they were going to be tied together in this project and actually own 2.5% of the situation. Right. Monique ain't seen a dime of that. Hmm. $1.7 billion estimated work for this show. Monique has not seen a dime of that. How much money is that, Matt? I don't remember, but I know they asked. It's I think like, you calculated it. You put like, that shit on. 30 mil? 30 mil, 40 mil, something like that. I think it ain't Brian, nothing to Brian smile at. responded to you on Twitter with that, but yeah, it's out there. It's 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 double digit M's. That's crazy. Just each, right? Each. It counts as Vaughn is dead. Right. So that's the the estate of, you know what I'm saying? The estate, right. And I mean, it's just a I mean, I I could continue to go on, but when we talk about when we talk about the marginalization of a particular demographic in America, uh, even on the entertainment sense, like even on the top point sense if the, if the marginalization and the uh, and the oppression of Monique can happen. Then just imagine what's happening to Letitia. That's right outside in Southeast. Like it's just it's just phenomenal to me to even to even think that uh, Monique was paid fifty grand for Precious, and then I just found out. Oh, are y'all sure Countess Vaughn is dead? I thought she just died. Didn't I thought she? she died recently. When? 
Like I'm googling it, I'm not seeing it. No, she's not. Oh, shout out to contact counters then. <laughs> oh, shout out get to that the, money. Get that bread. Yeah. Back from the dead. Get that bread. I, I didn't mean to interrupt, but I'm like, I don't think. Was she not she did? No. I was thinking Shorty wasn't. She wasn't in Babs. The shorty oh, from Babs. That's the not shorty from Babs. Shorty from Babs. Passed away. Damn. Yes, yes, That's yes. Not, not not Countess Vaughn. Shout out to Countess. Uh, she was the one who was R. in e- shorty Evie from Babs. With, with, with Eve and uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the one who passed away. Damn. Mm. But yeah, yeah just, anyway, just to, just, to, just to put a button. We had to, we had to correct ourselves. Correct there, guys. <laughs> gotta, gotta have, gotta have it. Hey, uh, uh, thanks, Tom. Time for facilitating that. <laughs> Facilitate. <laughs> I just, just trying to do my thing here. But to put a button on the Monique situation, it's, it was just another, it's an, uh, another example of the marginalization of of black women, and I love that Clubhouse is, is a space where people are. Um, it seems like it's getting this connotation for just being like a messy spot, but these moderators and this particular host were very intentional about providing the numbers and like real substantive and qualitative evidence to support to support this. Yeah, thing. I mean, it's just like any platform. Well, this is different, right? Because you got everybody. <laughs> there are certain rooms that are just absolute chaos, yeah. right? It's, right. It's, you know, but then well moderated, well facilitated rooms. You know, a, a focused topic, subject, mm-hmm. actually. Um, doing some research in advance, like it could be a tool for good. Um, I'm interested to see where Clubhouse goes and Twitter Spaces and shit Facts. like that. Facts. Yada yada. Facts. You got yeah, at this point, I feel like they're all creating technology that mirrors each other. Ooh, oh, for sure. I see Clubhouse. Let me make Spaces. Together. I see you stories. Know, Instagram bro. Stories. Let me make uh, LinkedIn Stories. Tw- Twitter, Twitter, tw- Twitter, Twitter fleets. Uh, there are LinkedIn Stories. There are LinkedIn Stories, bro. There are uh, the Bible app has. You a lie. I'm not lying. Yeah, the Bible. I've seen the Bible. I've got like a little tracking situation. Let you know. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Post your data out there. I right, seen right, it. Right, seen right. it. You got 300 days strong, Matt. Oh yo, you see it? <laughs> I see you. Ben, oh. I see you in your Jeremiah's. I see you in your Job's. What's up? Ecclesiastes. Four, you know, Matt, four. I got my. I got my favorites. You know, what I mean, that's the time. Come on, I can get to that bag. You know what I mean? Speaking of bags, what you got in there? Hey, let me see what I got. Real quick. Oh, uh, wrong zipper. There we go. Oh, there we go. <laughs> yeah, so um, we were talking about reselling a little, a little while ago and, and, and um, jacking up prices and shit like mm-hmm. that. And it reminds me of uh, a few episodes ago when we talked about GameStop mm-hmm. and how, yeah, you know, this year we're skyrocketed from, I think at the beginning of the year it was like $17 a share and at its peak, when everybody was buying into it, it was almost like uh, $500, like four ninety at one point. What? It has since dropped down to like one forty, but then uh, jumped back up to close to two hundred right now. Okay. And it's for a number of different reasons. Um, it was different leadership that came in before the spike, um, the the short squeeze part of me. Um, so they were making some changes. They were kind of building several momentum in terms of uh, investors coming in and trying to bring it back to life mm-hmm. before. Um, the events of, I guess, last month or a couple months ago happened. But now I, I just read a, a Wall Street Journal article that talks about what they're doing with the company and what they're trying to do to continue this positive luck mm-hmm. moving forward. Um, and they've made some changes to the board. They've brought in some new investors who've taken in stake, and they're trying to change it from this uh, failing brick-and-mortar establishment where okay. you would – resell games, right? They would resell games and they would buy them for dirt cheap from you. And Everybody has a GameStop experience, I'm sure. Yes. Um, But since then, we talk about technology and these platforms. Now, not so many people are... For one, if we're talking about actually getting games and use games, Amazon, eBay, all these different platforms where you can get it for a much better deal or or at least sell yours on a market for a much better deal. Retain some of that... uh... Right. And that's just, you know, e-commerce. But then we don't... Think about how our games distributed most of the time now. Digitally. Digitally. You download that shit directly to the platform. Or, you know, you don't always pay for games. Sometimes you get them for free and then there's in-app purchases. Right. And these are areas that GameStop... on that. Right. GameStop's uh, um, Epic Games and all of those companies, that GameStop does not have an overlap in. True. Now. So they're trying to take this opportunity to pivot into this new world and you know it brings up you know brings to mind blockbuster and some of these behemoth companies of the past that just weren't able to make that pivot 
Blockbuster actually had the opportunity to purchase Netflix. I recall. Right, back when Netflix was, you know, mailing the DVDs to your door. Remember that shit? Good heavens. But they the weren't Blockbuster able to. that shit was stupid. Right. <laughs> stupid. <shit's> stupid. Stupid. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I just wanted to just poll the room and ask, um, what do you think GameStop can do at this point to get back any type of mind share within Kid, like folks like us who are, grew up on games, who I you mean, know, some, you some form of adaptation, like like we're saying, like like you just have to find a way or innovative way to keep up with the times. And I don't know what that looks like for GameStop, but I just that that that's, I feel like that's the only way it can be saved. Right. Ooh. Um. This kind of reminds me of our first episode of Over the Shoulder. Mm. Oh yeah. Which I thought Stadia. Was going to uh, be the new shit. I remember that. I really thought Stadia. Do you remember Google Stadia? Nah, I'm, you digging the crisis. <laughs> this point exactly. Oh, this, oh, <laughs> maybe a few two L since then. Google Stadia L's. was supposed to what I thought was going to be the forefront of gaming, which is basically like 4K, 5K gaming without a console. Right. Right. Oh, you, just, yeah. you just got this thing that purely streams directly off of the internet through the cloud, right? And I thought that would be the future of gaming. Like, why the fuck would I want to buy a four, five, six hundred dollar console? Box, right. If I can do and this, purchase all these games, right? So then I get Stadia, and I see why. Like Stadia has all Word. the. It's like the best game is probably B minus B roll game, right? So it's not like is it just? This seems like the developers them. haven't invested much into there. Mortal Kombat, Nether Realms is not putting the games in there. GTA is not putting the games in there. Two K is not putting the games in there. What about the performance? Like if, uh, if you oh play. the performance is great. Yeah, it was beautiful. Fantastic. $99, you know what I'm saying? Got your little monthly subscription. I think it was 12 bucks for the moment. Yeah, you but, would just cast it to your TV or mm-hmm. on your on your smart device? You cast it straight to your, you cast it through your remote to your TV. Gotcha. And then what so, was the controller? It had its own just controller? Own controller. Uh-huh. Stated controller. Just plug in something to the back of the TV or unless they had like a smart TV. Yeah, kind of like a Chrome joint. Gotcha. Kind of like a Chrome joint. Right, right. Um, okay. But Stadia is now discontinued. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah. Damn. Stadia is now gets continued. They the the joint is off. Kind of like uh, remember PlayStation View? Yeah, dude. Oh my god, <laughs> it's gone. It's gone. So to answer your question, Matt, I thought that if GameStop could somehow tap into the market of like maybe owning cloud space right. or uh, or being able to even convert some of these old school games into like some digital experiences, that maybe that could be the case. Right, but I feel like you know. I've had an Xbox. I've also had a PlayStation. They've already done that. You can get some of those old school games for the low low. You I, know what I'm saying? Like, I have I for just free. bought a PlayStation 2. Right. Okay. <laughs> I just bought a PlayStation 2 in NBA Street 2, in which I'll invite y'all now, over. You, you can get a PS5, PS4, Xbox One, whatever the new Xbox is, and be able to you and know, play sign old up games. And play all the old games. So, hmm. you know what also comes to mind that's not necessarily on the game front? Google, Google Lens. Yep. Uh, the Snapchat glasses. Remember them shits? Yep. I sure do. I don't know. Sure I think do. it's just like uh, you got to meet people where they're at. The technology has to be on point. A big part of that, if you don't mind me getting in, in my tech tech bag, is Please. like the advancement and in, in the maturity of 5G, you know, this fifth generation of um, network connectivity, which is not fully rolled out yet, partially slowed down due to COVID. But, you know, the infrastructure is not in place yet. But once it is in place... I could see a Google Stadia surviving. So sometimes it's a great idea that's rolled out, but just it's not the right infrastructure and and people aren't in the right mindset to really adopt Save. that shit. You know what I'm saying? Like 5G is supposed to give you much faster uh, uh, download and upload speeds, wherever it's supposed to really enable the ability for autonomous vehicles, so self-driving vehicles to really uh, start having, um, uh, you know, being on the roads, you know, in a in a majority kind of way, but it's just not there yet. So no matter how cool this shit looks, you know, these are these products are, it's not until like the people are in that mind state and also the technology yeah. underneath it is is um, pervasive enough for it to be adapted and adopted. Pardon me. So to answer your question, man, I don't know what the fuck GameStop can do. Right. Like, <laughs> that's what, why what, I asked y'all niggas. Unless <laughs> they're going to start developing games. Right. And that's your way behind the, no. Nah. In which I don't trust GameStop to develop no games. Like so it's just too late for that. Right. I'm not going to GameStop to buy no I mean buy no consoles unless you're trying to be an exclusive distributor for some shit. Right. And they've been ripping us off for, for decades. You gotta, you know. Buy? What goodwill does GameStop <laughs> really? Like have? like destroying a GameStop became viral at some point. 
Yeah. Yeah. Buy GameStop. Yeah. I mean, this little stock thing was, was, was cool. It was cool. It was real cool. Yeah. But like, once that dwindles out, I don't know what y'all got left. Right. All right. Facts. And what is it like? And, and, and to the same convo, like, what does AMC have left either? Chill. Mm. People going to the movies. No, no, I got you. People going to the movies. <laughs> Chill. We, we want to get back to it, but like, ain't no wonder. It's happening. It's happening. They started doing a twenty five percent capacity now, like 50, 50 people roughly in some of the standard movie theaters. Okay, show I'm not much going. I know, but I think cabin fever. People are itching to get out. You know, that's people are like ready to go across out of the country and shit like that. <laughs> went to the movies. I went to the movies. I'm gonna I'm a go to the movies ass nigga though. Right. Yeah, but I think the movie experience has to be different because I don't want to be shoulder to shoulder with niggas. Like, no. they need to really have those more high end, yep. you know, and leather plush like seats. That's right. That's right. That's gonna. I need to be able to lay down one eighty. You know what I mean? You can. Uh, and I pick. You can right. Yeah, I think there's. Yeah, there's one of them fancy, ones. fancier movie theaters you could do. Right. That. Right. Tom. Tom. Sir, give me your thoughtful question, man. I'm ready. Okay, today's question. <laughs> Yo, these sound effects. You going in, Abimo? You going in? Go ahead, Tom. Tom, I'm ready. How? Go ahead, dog. Um, I can't even concentrate with that noise. But um, today's thoughtful question of the day is how what how do you go about? Well, no, not even how do you go about. What do you think your legacy is? And what do you, what would you like your legacy to be? I thought it was what is your impact? I mean, it it, it was. It was Don't tell them we've been talking before the show. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell them we've been pre-producing and shit. Right? Come on, man. They eavesdrop. I mean, we try to prepare someone. Right? Yeah. We, we freestyle like, for the most about part. This but I was trying. Yeah, give, you got an answer ready. <laughs> I got legacy? a ballpark. What you mean? I got a legacy. <laughs> legacy. I got shit. a ballpark. Shit. I don't know. The impact legacy. I guess it's the same shit. Um. Well, go ahead, because I, I, I didn't <laughs> think about my answer. Um, I think my impact is showing that... I think my impact is showing that you don't have to be in one particular box. And I know there's other people yes, sir. who can fall in that same group, but um, I'm unapologetic. True multi-hyphenate. Yeah, but, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's one thing to... I'm just speaking for myself. It's one thing to be like, yo, I'm a creative, and I'm so dope at all these different creative things. And I, I love and respect people like that. I'm not like that. Like, I can dibble and dabble in that, mm -hmm. but also I have these this other world, you know, mm -hmm. with, with technology and, you know, these other spaces where it's like a completely different... Yeah, there might be some overlap, but I think what I bring it to the table is, is it's um, it's just a show. Like, it's cool to do all of that stuff. Um, be somebody who's for the people, be somebody who doesn't have to lead up front all the time going back. I don't have to be honcho in these regards. Facts. And, and um, I think the impact is, is who who you, who you impact. And I think on the art side, we can all say that we've impacted artists or had a, a positive impact on artists. And then also mm -hmm. with the tech space, that's now I'm trying to take that same energy and apply that to, to tech, not so much for myself, but, you know, I've had multiple homies over the, over the, um, over this pandemic who pivoted into IT mm -hmm. and have since uh, worked with me. We've, you know, gave them perspective, showed them my lab, showed them the ropes. Niggas got jobs now. You know, niggas got multiple offers and stuff like that. And to me, that's what makes me proud. Like, mm -hmm. just like when I was doing, when I was more active in doing the shows and whatnot, it made me proud to that's see, like, old. yo, this niggas, yeah, this, you know, whoever is, getting the recognition tonight that they deserve or getting the getting the bread or seeing people come celebrate them. So, right. yeah. Uh, I wish I could wrap that up neatly, but I think, yeah, just to be able... My impact Good is though. to take what I can in terms of my talents and my gifts and not just have that me be at the forefront of that and just put other people on in both tech and creativity. And I feel like as a group, we are all the type of individuals in which we're... We've created a platform to purposely share and help those behind us. Yes. Like, yes. Whether it's BMO with, with Urbane mm -hmm. or BMO with his work in, in, in the um, f festival mm -hmm. in the festivals and stuff like that. And kind of me the same. Like everything, a lot, uh, everything we're doing is usually to help and empower other artists. Yes. And, you know, I, I truly feel like that's definitely 
where my impact is felt uh, like the most and a lot. Um, and you know, just sharing our beautiful thoughts with the world. I think that's that's another thing. Like, well, I feel like amongst us and amongst the people around us, we're all very intelligent individuals, and that kind of gets um, illustrated in our work. So, yeah, facts. I'm not afraid. We're not afraid to give game. We're not afraid to consult. We're not afraid to invest. Right. You know, when so many people um, generally don't want to do that. And same for the Brody Big Lafayette. Facts. Oh, come on, man. We could talk about the Prince of D.C. all that's, day. I mean, that's why we're here. Look at the impact yeah. that he's had on us. Now we got a space. We got right. infrastructure. We got man, man. Man's always sharing New something. lease on life. Man's always dropping something. Yeah. I'm trying to think. What would be... That's a hard... That's, ask the question again, Tom Tom. What do you think your impact is? Or how do you feel like it's most felt? I hope when, I hope when niggas is is watching me move and work, I hope they can just feel like possible. Yes, just like I can, right? Even right, if right. I have no problem going first, stepping out and being all the way wrong. Right. This whole urbane strategy could blow up in my face, and I could be losing thousands of dollars. But I truly don't give a fuck. Right. Um, because my intention wasn't necessarily to go out and make money, but my intention was to get people to create more art, create right. a community in which artists and be able themselves. to share that exactly with the world and authentically. You know what I mean? Like point zero zero two three cents is disrespectful. It's just disrespectful. If you're gonna be paying for music, it's just it's just disrespectful. So in that sense, you know, the job of a black person, in a sense, is to always be looking out for the next generation, uh, making sure that that the people who come after us feel safe in that space. Mm -hmm. So I'm hoping, <clears throat> I'm hoping that my impact is a a safety around failure, like a that. safety to try. Right. Because if I, I'm just, I say this all the time, I'm just, I'm just a guy. Right. If I can do X, Y, and Z, if we I can start to- Three regular niggas. Huh? Right, if we could do these things, if we could do extraordinary things and just be in very, in very regular places, then imagine, it, you know, just put a little effort for it. See what happens. Right. Not to give you the bootstrap situation, but shit. At least try to find some boots. I don't. Right. Right. Facts. Which what about you, Tom? Tom? What? No, I I I answered it within 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 uh, everyone else's answers. Like like I said, I feel like everything that we do is, is meant to share for those behind us. And you know, being my upbringing and you know how I grew up, that's that's very the community is very important and. You know, just making sure others feel empowered and comfortable within the space that I take up or just being aware of the space that you take up mm -hmm. and conscious of it, like, it's very important to me, so. Nice. Y'all want to get to these uh, tools of the trade? Wrap it up? Yeah, let's wrap it up, man. All right. Tools of the trade could be your metaphysical, physical, any uh, tool that you use that assists you to be more creative, more better, more you throughout the week. I'll actually start off this week. Oh. Uh, a tool for the trade this week, I think, is um, money. <laughs> <laughs> Just straight up money, man. Uh, I say this in the hopes that one of y'all niggas don't rob me, but uh, in, in March of 2021 will be the most lucrative month of my entire life. Let's go. You feel me? Like, this okay. is new games, you know what I'm saying? But we still, we still not entering... Uh, uh, realms of wealth, but we will get there. So you said March is going to be March this this month. Oh, this month, definitely. This month, this year is the most money I've ever made in my life. Let's go on okay. a month basis, and it's like hmm, hmm. I can dig this, right? So you know what I'm saying. You know, I've been I've been been able to invest in the in the materials and the products that I want to see more in my community. But you know, as they say, uh, black capitalism will no, neither save us nor destroy us. But if I can be in my new museum south south side hoodie while I'm doing it, mm. so be it. You feel me? Hey, Life, you got one of them uh, museum jobs? Yeah, the uh, the the regional joints, the south side, the uh... chops, chops. He he thought you said jobs. Oh no, drop. No, this nigga don't need no job. The, the capsule collection they just dropped. Are they hiring at the museum? No. <laughs> 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 What's your tool of the trade, Tom? Tom, I'm gonna show. I'm gonna show. Life, uh, yeah. I would actually say mine falls within the uh, the vein of self care. And mine is a relaxation. Mm. Like just making sure I relax my mind, my body, and just take my time. 
I respect that's, that. That's my that's my one for the week. Yeah, mine is kind of in the same vein. Uh, my tool of the trade would be uh, late night walks. Oh yeah, yeah. I've been trying to do that a lot more. Just uh, to one uh, complete my rings on my Apple Watch. I try to <laughs> just stay active. But get them rings. Great way to kind of um, expend some energy, be um, introspective, um, catch a vibe, get motivated. You know, especially. With the pandemic and most of the time, you know, niggas is inside. So just to get out, um, walk a couple laps or walk a couple blocks around the neighborhood, it's just been really, really dope for me. Yeah. I feel like people fake on now walks like they do naps, man. Yeah. Not enough people take walks. And walking is so simple. It's just walking. Yeah, just throw some headphones in, get a nice little audio book, podcast, walk around playlist. The block, walk around the, the walk around. Yeah. Yeah, walk around the track, whatever. And I found that you sleep better. Yeah. Once you get your blood flowing a little bit, I'm mean, hit my push up and squat game again. You okay. know what I'm saying? Trying okay. to get a little right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, make sure y'all follow your boy, BMO Brown, at BMO Brown, B M O Brown. Thomas the Great, Tommy Pickles on um, uh, Tommy underscore P I C K L Z on Twitter. Backpack Matt on Twitter, uh, Mr. Backpack on IG, fully spelled out. And make sure y'all follow us, follow us on all social media platforms at OTS Pod. We yeah. will be posting soon. We'll be back next week with more gems that with more gems that you should be picking up. Until then, peace, 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 peace. peace.